Blog Talk Radio. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Hello out there to all the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk listeners. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk radio show for Saturday, August 8, 2009. I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. We're coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio with fresh news every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the place to be to get heard and to hear what is going on right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk radio show. There will be several of topics discussed, all in the name of victimization and fraud. And tonight we will be talking about a bit of Michael Jackson, uh, a little bit of judicial fraud in Columbus, and a bit of the NAACP business, and a bit of Obama, President Obama, and saving the juicy stuff for last, we will be talking a bit on infidelity. There will be, at the end of our show, some inspirational readings that I may have to share that will hopefully uh, uplift you, heal you, and to encourage you to stand up, speak up, and speak out. Now, don't forget, next week on Saturday, we will be talking about human trafficking with a guest. Her name is Marlene Carson. And she will be here August the 15th at 2009 at 6 p.m. Be there for this show. We want to have you come and listen in on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Show and share your comments and views with us every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can contact us by email. You can contact your host. Lardy Miss Clardy at, at wclardy at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or contact Brother Blondie, which is your co-host, at hotmail.com. Your community is important, and so are the rights of the people. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. It is your right to have justice where justice is denied. Victims are being lied on and lied to all the time, and you have the right to stand. We will be right back. Get in my way. Get in my way. 
Ah, uh, yes, yes. Now, that was nice. Nice to get smacked down to chill. That's something new to me. <laughs> but nevertheless, hey, it was very calming. The music was, anyhow. Welcome back to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. And I want to say to you that uh, if you want to speak to me, uh, I am your host, or you want to speak with the co-host, please call in at the call-in number at 347-884-8684. And if you want to become a guest, you know what you got to do. Call the line, 347-884-8684, or you can contact myself or Brother Blondie at wclardy at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or brotherblondie at hotmail.com. And if you want to give your solutions to an issue that you are listening to, by all means, give us a call right here at 347-884-8684. Solutions that will help your families and communities wherever you live. Come on now, get involved. And again, we are going to be discussing today a few topics. Um, we're going to actually, you know, read a couple articles out of, you know, out of what we have here, you know, to start it off. And if there's anything that you want to comment to, 
be all free to call in. Again, we're going to talk about a little bit of Michael Jackson's uh, um, thing that's going on, a little judicial fraud here in Columbus, Ohio, a bit of the NAACP business that's going on right here in Columbus, Ohio, and in, in Cincinnati as well, and a bit of President Obama and, of course, saving the juicy stuff for last. We will be talking a bit on infidelity. So, if you want to share your comments and views, please give us a call at 347-884-8684. And back to you, Brother Blondie. Who was that that was talking, talking about, you know, before before I slap you down, you better chill? Who is that? <laughs> Who is that? Oh, those were the debut sounds, Lordy, Miss Clardy, of Miss Jill Scott. From her debut CD, Who Is Jill Scott? The name of that song was her first big hit, Can't Get In The Way Of What I'm Feeling. And the title, and what you're saying is, you referring to her saying, you better back down before you get smacked down. You better chill. <laughs> well, y'all heard that from Brother Blondie. I was trying to, you know, sweeten it up a little bit. But, you know, you know how Brother Blondie is. That's the yin of the yang right there. Oh, Brother Blondie, go on ahead and, 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 and pull us in to the news that's going on, you know, right here in Columbus, Ohio. Let us know what's going on. Oh, well, the big news that's going on uh, in in Columbus, Ohio, You we, and we're getting right at uh, judicial fraud. You want to talk about judicial fraud at a highest level. And on Friday's edition of the Columbus Dispatch, and it says in big words, twin cleared and slain and you know re referring to the uh incident with uh you, you know 17 year old uh Derek Lewis uh he was uh shot and killed in his North Linden uh home on January 18th 2008 or two weeks shy of his 18th birthday his mother said five men were wearing masks demanding money broke into his uh house killing Dennis during a uh, struggle. The police, uh, you know, pointed the finger at Derek Lewis' twin brother, Darius, who uh, they went by forensic evidence, Lardy Miss Clardy, uh, referring to a bloody palm print. Interesting. Yes, and uh, you, 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 you know, and the thing about uh, forensics, those are the type of evidence you know juries uh, go by, judges and uh, ADAs, uh, all that stuff. And it appeared that, you know, it was a palm print on the wall of Darius Lewis. But uh, when, uh, you know, further tests uh, came about, it turned out that it wasn't blood at all. What kind of blood was it? It was no kind of blood. It was ketchup. Wow, what a mistake. Uh, you, you, what a mistake. So, so I, I, I mean, pardon my French, but how the hell did they come up with blood knowing that it was really ketchup? Uh, you don't want to ask that question. Perhaps it should be how did they come up with blood when actuality that it was ketchup? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting how uh, uh, this young man was pinned for that killing and that um, that they somehow 
had figured out that it was blood instead of this ketchup, which, again, you know, that shows that judicial, that our judicial systems can be, you know, uh, a, a, a bit messed up. In, 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 in making decisions in people's lives, you know, um, there, there are some good uh, things about them and bad things about them. But when it comes to, you know, some, some of the African Americans that get caught up in this, it's, 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 not, a, it's not a really good thing. You know, you got it looks like that you have to have your own, your own evidence in order to go in there. <laughs> In order to go in there and 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 try to plead your own case, you know, it's 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 interesting how our judicial systems can you know can can make a mistake like that. Now you know I'm kind of like honey glazing that, you know, but you know, tell us some more about that because that is truly an interesting uh, uh, deal that uh, this 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 young man has got involved in a, in a killing and end up that somehow even through forensics they were fooled. Uh, into believing that it was blood when it was all the time ketchup. I wonder who was that that um, that caught that uh, flaw and to bring that forth in order for that young man to get saved and come out of the out of the uh, out of incarceration. How did that happen? Well, uh, uh, you you know uh, one of uh, Darius uh, Lewis uh, attorneys. You you know. Uh, Ask for you, you know another testing because you know all that time Darius uh, stuck with his story, uh, Wendy, on the fact that he was with his girlfriend at 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 the time uh, uh, that his uh, brother was uh, uh, murdered, and, and you know the bottom line when that test came back negative, I mean the state uh, the state's murder case fell apart, and all charges against Darius Lewis. Uh, were were dropped and then court papers were That's filed awesome. uh, Thursday to I- exonerate uh, Lewis. Now I saw his press conference uh, uh, yesterday on uh, ABC Six on your side. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you can log on to all the uh, uh, news websites for those who don't live in uh, Columbus, Ohio. You can log into tentv.com. You can also log into NBC4i.com, and you can log on to MyFox28Columbus.com and ABC6OnYourSide.com to catch the whole uh, story with with the twin being uh, uh, cleared on uh, all murder charges. But having said that, Lardy, Miss Clardy, the real problem is is the police has just wasted over a year not trying to find Absolutely. the uh, uh, other killer. And the only way they'll be able to find the uh, real killers at this point is somehow they're in a club bragging about what they did, bragging the boats. Because, you, you know, I hate to say this, Lardy, Miss Clardy, but unfortunately our young generation uh, uh, do that. You, you, you know, brag about... Uh, uh, what they did, and, and and I find it strange, you know, also in that press conference, Darius Lewis asked for an apology from law enforcement, which they refused to do. They felt that uh, they was doing their uh, job, and uh, once again, i like to thank attorneys uh, Sharon Lease and Adam Newman, uh, who, yeah, fought, thank you. who uh, uh, fought for this uh, 
uh, young brother, and I want to admit I jumped the gun uh, earlier this year on uh, Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show because I too, you you, you know, was following the evidence. You you know, forensics says uh, a bloody palm print, and you you know, obviously there's a judicial fraud. Uh, you, you know, at the highest level, because, you know, DNA evidence, Lardy Miss Clardy, is what we all count on to uh, separate uh, truth from false. And and the fact that uh, uh, there was a uh, uh, there was a lot of false uh, in that uh, case with, uh, you, you know, the uh, Darius Lewis uh trial and and you know the police also issued a written statement uh uh after Lewis was set free saying the division of police is in agreement with prosecutor Ron O'Brien's decision to dismiss all charges uh against Darius Lewis and the police will conduct the internal review of the case uh and the statement says and will continue to investigate the murder of uh, Dennis Lewis. Sure you are. And and with issue one passing uh, <laughs> this past Tuesday, which oh. I was strongly uh, yeah. Now it's now it's no no more excuses. Uh, Mayor Mike Coleman, if you listening, you know we don't want to hear you talking about more budget cuts. And you still got to lay off police officers and firefighters, which I personally think you're still going to continue to do, despite you saying on Straight Talk Live uh, last Sunday with Kahari and Aharo uh, 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 otherwise. Uh, we'd uh, definitely uh, keep keeping an eye on you and your uh, uh, so-called uh, uh, promise. And the reason why is against the 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 issue one thing from the uh, uh, start is I know he's still going to lay off police officers. I know he's still going to lay off firefighters. They, they've they already changed the library uh, schedules in uh, Columbus, Ohio, starting uh, next uh, next month. But getting back to the uh, Darius Lewis case and the, uh, uh, you, you know, the judicial fraud here is, I mean, it's clearly a ju- judicial fraud here where, you know they mislead DNA uh, evidence, and, and, and you know it's a good thing this this young brother was strong enough and smart enough to follow. And this is why we encourage people to listen to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Now he followed the simple Wendy Clardy Families and Victims of Fraud playbook to stand up, speak up, and speak out. He didn't cop to no plea. No, he did. He stuck by his uh, uh, innocence. He knew he was innocent from uh, day one. Yes. And in this case, uh, uh, justice uh, pre- uh, prevailed finally. And you, you, you know, it also said uh, Robert Britt and uh, Ed uh, Cowley. The, the, those are the detectives who investigated the case. Okay. Along with. Uh, former Columbus fingerprint expert, uh, expert Ron Houston, who was hired by the prosecution, uh, helped persuade prosecutors to keep searching for the truth 
and Newman said three thought that the work by the initial three experts were flawed. The initial experts thought it was blood because of the area it was in. The palm print was very close to a smear of blood. That is undisputed. A group of forensic investigators photographed the blood and then removed swabs and sent it to the crime lab for testing. The crime lab sprayed and looked for prints, which were verified by the fingerprint expert. None of these three experts got together to determine exactly where the print was and which was a big flaw. And Sergeant Dana Norman of the Columbus Police Homicide Squad said little about the case uh, the other night. He said investigation into Lewis' death is active. He defended his third shift detectives. We're a good squad, he said, a very good squad. And defense attorney uh, Newman said, uh, uh, excuse me, this, this Sergeant Dana Norman, uh, uh, back. but defense attorney uh Adam uh, Newman uh, said we had four or five suspects and retried homicide detectives, uh, excuse me, and retired homicide detectives. They had retired homicide detectives and followed up on them because if they were going to defend the case and there are other suspects to be developed, that's something we're uh, going to want to know. We don't think Columbus police were following up on that. And three senior prosecutors, O'Brien, Ronald Brian, Doug Steed, and Tim Mitchell, took the extra step yesterday of filing a 54-page legal brief to have the case dismissed. Damn, it took 54 pages? Are you kidding me? Well, and you know that's, that is the purpose of why the young man had said on public, on the media, that he wants a public apology from these these individuals because you know uh, they had taken him through a lot of stuff and at, and as we speak about that um, they have not yet gave that public apology and that's where we talk about you know our our officials that we elect to be to take care of our business as you know citizens and who we you know pay to do a job for us that they won't even take that accountability or the responsibility when they know they have been wrong about something and to apologize about it you know and that's a very very sad thing because you know we need to know as well as everybody that's in the community need to know that our officials that we elect and pay to do a job in our lives, you know, uh, really care about us when they make a mistake. Of course, it's just like saying you're sorry to your family member. As far as I'm concerned, police and family are the same because you need police in family issues and family needs police. You know what I mean? To me, I think that that's the same thing with the judicial system. We all are a family striving to have justice where justice is denied, whether it is in the family where we have to turn to the judicial system for help, and likewise where the judicial system turns to us, you know, for their election and for them to get paid by tax dollars in order for them to do a job for us. They should look at themselves 
as though like we are family because they have a family. If something happened to them that was that was messed up like this, certainly they will be asking for a public apology. So why can't you know we do and ask for the same? And as we said before, you know we have good people and bad people everywhere we go, but. There come a time when we all have to be accountable for our actions and be responsible. And one of those things is to always apologize when you know that you have been wrong and hurting someone, you know, based up off of whatever evidence you think that you have found or whatever, you know, whether you have hurt someone. You should, after it be found that it's not real, you know, that they should give an apology. But they have not done that. Well, not only they have not done that, but I encourage in uh, Darius Lewis to file a defamation of character lawsuit. Because of this incident, Lordy Miss Clardy, uh, because he was in jail for 18 months, he missed his whole senior year at East High School. You? Oh, no. That means that was he supposed to graduate? Not only was he supposed to oh, my graduate, goodness. But he also watched the chance at a college scholarship uh, slip away. Oh my God! Now, now, now I feel now we we had we had covered something like this in another article that we had read off, uh, you know, several weeks ago with a gentleman that you know lost his uh, lost his uh, college um, um, academics because of some lie that was uh, that was. Uh, said against him in the in the judicial system. I don't know if it was the uh Supreme Court that did it or or uh, what, you you're, know. You uh you're referring to Lardy Miss uh Miss Clardy to the case in uh Georgia where uh, right. a, a teenager Jernardo Wilson, Wilson uh, that's right. who was doing a who served 4 years of a 10 year uh prison term. Right. Even though he was 17, he had sex with a 15-year-old girl on uh-huh. videotape. Uh-huh. And even though the videotape showed the white girl making the first move and uh, uh, giving him oral sex, it's, uh, you, you know, Georgia, you know, stuck by the law and says, well, a 15-year-old can't give uh, c- consent where it clearly showed that if he had had sex on videotape, with an African American female that he wouldn't that he would have gotten a slap on the wrist, just like R. Kelly got a slap on the wrist for having sex with underage girls on tape, just like Brandon Hobbs and Timothy Armstead did back in 2005 for having sex with a mentally disabled underage uh, girl at Mifflin High School. Now, although that we are bringing that subject up in terms of you know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the, the sexual misconduct that we're talking about, even though that's another issue that we could talk about on victimization as well. But just to show that, you know, uh, when it comes to African-American, you know, uh, families, you know, a lot of bad things happen um you know, to them, and they miss out on, you know, their first year graduation and different things of that sort. And in this case, I was just using that as an example to where it's important that, you know, they have to, that that the officials have to view, 
you know, even 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 in that situation, hey, this kid's got to finish school. You know what I'm saying? They should make a program where they, even though that they are nabbing, you know, uh, youth and putting them in jail, that they should also make sure that they don't miss their their schooling and or other events that have to do with their schooling. I'm not saying that they're supposed to get out and play, uh, you know, kickball or anything, but, you know, those important uh, times where they need to finish school, you know, they should have a program set up for that. So uh, just in case they make another mistake, and I'm just glazing it over, you know, I'm, I'm just glazing it over now, y'all, make another mistake, you know, that they are able to make sure that these, uh, these, these youth get a second chance to getting their education and to finish it because ultimately, you know, it bears on you later when you don't have your degree or you don't have your, you don't have your, uh, um, your your diploma and you know and you're young and then plus you got a a a a, a, a background on you as well you know I'm talking about you know having a name put on you as being a murderer or killer you know but you know certain things need to be put in place you know for just in case they make mistakes like they did with this gentleman and that they would uh, make sure that you know those youth you know, uh, are are still able to recuperate and have, you know, their education restored. And uh, not only uh, that, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardian, you, you you know, like I said uh, numerous times on the Lardy, Miss Clardy blog talk radio show, there are a lot of shows we do sometimes on the Lardy, Miss Clardy blog talk radio show that in which myself or Lardy, Miss Clardy can't relate to. But Lardy Miss Clardy, you can relate to uh, uh, educational uh, fraud, so to speak, amongst the judicial system, because your your son was forced to get his diploma by mail, as opposed to uh, walking across the stage. Can you explain uh, that part briefly?
And you you know on that uh no Lordy Miss Clardy, I, I I wanna add about the apology piece and, and uh apologies have to be a two way street. When a criminal does wrong and face the judge and sentence and all that, you know, the judges be wanting the criminals to show remorse, be be wanting to say they sorry and all, all that other stuff and I feel Law enforcement needs needs to do the the exact same thing uh, when they make mistakes. If if you say that instead of saying, "Well, I'm just doing my job," it it, it prevents lawsuits and it saves uh, you, the taxpayers, the state money in the long run. So, damn it, just admit that you're wrong and uh, say that you're sorry. Sometimes that's all. At this point, I think that uh, you know we will we will we will come back and we got some more topics that we want to talk about. And Brother Blondie, thank you for sharing you know about the judicial fraud with the gentleman, the young man that has uh, been hurt in that issue, and that they have released him. And you know we really really thank you for sharing that with us because people need to know you know uh, that. Uh, this can happen to anybody, and you know, and I'm very, very glad that that was shared today. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and listen to another piece of music here, and um, we will be right back. We have something to reflect on, and then we go into the next uh, topic that we want to talk about. Be right back. Bye bye. I think we have to have this life. 
Welcome back to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Um, definitely we are back to talk about some more issues on, you know, um, on victimization because definitely the last topic was about a young man that got put in jail for killing his brother. And uh, in the end they found that uh, they had to release him because uh, the forensics found that what they thought was blood, it was actually ketchup. You know, that's something to really think about, you know. And and it's something where, you know, uh, you would think that, uh, you know, their 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 research, you know, is so good, you know, that they would not miss to know the difference before trial, you know, for uh, to know if that was blood or ketchup. Boy, what a piece of news there. And, you know, and just to think about those things, this is stuff that, uh, the NAACP here in Columbus, Ohio, is interested in. And uh, before I go into that, though, I want to take it on back on over here to Brother Blondie so he could tell us, you know, what song was, was we listening to, and then we will dash right on into how the NAACP may look at some of this uh, stuff that's happening here in Columbus, Ohio. Back to you, Brother Blondie. We know ladies taking you back to 1991. Those are the sounds of Keith Sweat featuring Silk and Give Me What I Want. And the reason why I played that uh, song in the, the, this only takes uh, 25 seconds, Lottie Miss Clardy. Last week, uh, Keith Sweat was in Columbus performing at the Ohio State Fair. And there was a huge complaint about that show, and, and I need to address something to all black women in their 20s, 
30s and 40s. I understand that, okay, if your man want to be with you, he has to accept the kids and the whole package. Fine, I get that. But you do not take your kids to see Keith Sweat. He can't sing those naughty, suggestive love songs that, that you be hearing with, with kids around. Are you kidding me? Don't do that. I, I, I understand that. But when your man takes you to a romantic concert and all that, uh, fine. When it comes to Luther Vandross and all that, your kids stay at home. You, you, it's just you and your man, okay? Now, getting back to you, Lordy, Miss Claudia, and the Obama thing. <laughs> well, you heard it clear cut from Brother Blondie, your co-host. Boy, he sure is a rascal when it comes to, you know, things that don't have common sense with it. You know, I, I really thank him for talking about such things as that because, you know, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not, we're, we don't think about what we do when we do what we do, and then when all hell breaks loose, you know, now all of a sudden we now, what do we do? So he's giving his solutions on what you should do when you should be uh, at a family gathering on a, in a concert and when you need to have your man and your woman with you only. And I want to thank you for that solution to the problem. Okay, Brother Blondie, I really appreciate you on that. You know, now I want to, I want to, I know I said that I wanted to talk about the NAACP and the business that NAACP is doing here in Columbus, Ohio. But it seems as though that all over the place, the NAACP is interested in racial profiling issues, uh, the police shootings, um, and also the attacks on what's going on with Barack Obama and where, you know, uh, uh, President Obama has uh, definitely visited in New York at the, inter uh, at the National Convention of the NAACP to talk on issues uh, such as what I just got finished saying. And, you know, now one interesting uh, part that I really would like to share with you is looking at a closer look at police shooting. Um, again, when we think about the young gentleman that had went to jail um, based upon of forensic evidence of blood and in the shooting of his own brother and where police were involved, you know, I, again, NAAC is, is definitely um, interested in discriminatory practices. And so I am going to just uh, you know, read a little bit here from what's happening and why um, the NAACP is so interested in things like this and where they are doing such a wonderful job to zoom this issue up and so that we can take a closer look at, you know, having fairness and having um, justice, you know, for all the people of the minority race and you know, it's just something. I, I just don't know what to say about it. But definitely I am going to read this, and perhaps you might have something that you might want to say about it. So we're going to take a closer look at the police shooting, and we're coming out of the, I think it's the Columbus Dispatch here, or no, the Column Post, I'm sorry, the Column Post here in Columbus, Ohio. They are saying here, 
a uh, review board of Columbus Division of Police has reviewed the June 16, 2008 shooting by a white police officer of a 16-year-old girl and found it acceptable. Ho-hum. The review board found that Adam Hicks, a white police officer who had been involved in three other shootings in less than eight years on the police force, was justified in shooting Regina Jennings in an incident at a carryout. Although Jennings was shot in both armpits, indicating that her hands were actually up when she was shot, and although the prosecutor's office, in an unusual gesture, refused to prosecute her for committing any crime. The reality in a sad way is that this is not news. In Columbus, police officers are almost never called to account for their use of force. The NAACP is looking at this situation. We agree with this idea. It is absolutely critical that citizens of all communities have confidence that the police and the prosecutors are fairly evaluating all aspects of policing. Now, you hear this. This goes in effect of what you just heard in the prior topic where this young gentleman had got, you know, they thought that he had shot his brother, put him in jail, and before they could even get it right, with, if, was, was it blood or was it ketchup, he was already slammed in jail. And, and then later, oh, now they come up with the idea that, oops, it was ketchup rather than blood. So you can imagine why the NAACP is looking in on certain situations you know, that involve, you know, uh, victimization and uh, discriminatory acts. Um, definitely they said that, the NAACP says that they recognize that police have a difficult job and face extraordinary perils every day in protecting all of us. But those dangers do not and cannot give them the right to use force improperly to wound or even kill those they are called upon to protect. And I do agree with that. We believe, this is what the NAACP is saying, we believe it is important for the police to have more transparency in this process. First, the public should have a clear understanding of what the standards for approved shootings are. If, as appears to be the case in this incident, a young child is shot while holding up her hand, then what kind of behavior is appropriate to demonstrate compliance with a police order? And police should obviously look more closely at some of their officers to see if they are not using excessive force, which I do agree again. And again, Adam Hicks has been involved in four shootings in less than eight years. We cannot say this is excessive without reviewing every previous case. But we can say that a pattern of force should be something police examine closely in order to determine whether this police officer is operating appropriately. All Columbus citizens have a right to a fair and effective policing, and I agree with that. But fair and effective policing involves not only what is being done for us, but what is done to us. Let's take a closer look at both. Brother Blondie, you have anything you want to comment on that? Because um, that is the way it is right here 
uh, being read to you from the Colin Post article that I'm reading. Uh, it's just the way it is. It's a, it's a sad thing, you know, that uh, uh, we don't even know what what rights or what, what order should we go by in order to keep the police calm enough to, you know, to protect us, let alone when, when they need to apprehend us. There, do, there definitely need to be some kind of uh, steps uh, that the police must take in order to not um, scare the heck up out of our community by any means necessary. Well, you know, Lardy, Ms. Quarty, the Regina Jennings uh, incident reminds me of the big New York, uh, excuse me, the big New Year's Day incident that happened in Oakland, California uh, this year where we first told you on the Lardy Miss Clardy blog talk radio show on our January 6th uh, show where 22-year-old Oscar Grant, uh, who was shot and killed by Oakland, California police in the back while he was already in handcuffs. The fact that Regina was, uh, Miss Jennings was shot in her armpits clearly uh, does show that her hands uh, were were up. Now, what bothers me about the Columbus P- Police Department, and this goes to, and, and let me give you an example on how backwards uh, the judicial system is, even with their own uh, C- Columbus uh, P- police officers. And let me give you a perfect example of judicial fraud Lardy, Miss Clardy, from a police officer's standpoint. Now, as you uh, po- uh, po- uh, pointed out, uh, what, what's the police officer's name again? Again, in the uh, the, the the man that shot uh, Re- Regina uh, Jennings, uh, I, I want to mention it. Adam Hicks. Uh, uh, Adam Hicks. Uh, officer Adam Hicks. Now, you pointed out, Lardy, Miss Clardy, that he's been involved in four different uh, shootings. In the past eight years, less than eight years. Le- less than eight years. Uh, well, say been involved in three other shootings. Yeah. In less than eight years. And not uh, involved in so many shootings in uh, that amount of time, he takes no disciplinary action. Yet in July of 2003, Columbus police officer Barbara Horton Alamar, a black female police officer who spent uh uh. 16 years on the force, ain't never fired a shot, yet she was fired by the Columbus uh, P- Police Department for spanking her own son. Now, you, you, you can tell me that a white cop can shoot at innocent black people, but a black police officer can't be a parent? Are you kidding me? I find that wrong. Okay, but, you know, looking at it from uh, judicial fraud and victimization underneath this, do you believe that uh, that what the police are doing and how the prosecutors are handling this, uh, these issues, and as it go into litigation or go into courts, you know, do you think that there is, you know, some some lies that's being contra- of contradictory that, you know, our judicial system and the police, and, you know, the prosecutors, uh, you know, are against us or what, you know, here. I mean, I might have sounded backwards saying that, but definitely I need to know, do you believe that, you know, uh, we are being victimized and being lied to to believe that, you know, we have people to protect us and we got nobody? 
well, well, one of the reasons why we are being being lied to, and and we are continuing to be uh, uh, victims of fraud, uh, Lardy Miss Miss Clardy, is that the people who try to victimize us don't want to work hard. They look for the easy, quick, plain and uh, uh, simple way. Uh, we're automatically underestimated. Like in in, in your, with your situation last year, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy, they was frustrated with the fact that you actually knew how to do paperwork, and and that's scary. And and where where where, where you know normally you 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 know a a uh, African American uh, person in, in in trouble uh, with the law, they don't have that rich high priced lawyer or you know both mom and dad in the uh uh, uh courtroom to, to to negotiate and and uh, uh cut deals and and all those uh uh type uh things which always leads to a snap judgment and you know people need need to keep keep in mind on 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 one more quick important part no matter what job we do whether it's law enforcement or food service we always seem to want to cut corners to uh, make things easier, so, so you know we can uh, get get home uh, earlier at at night for for a meal with spouse and kids and uh, uh, what uh, what what not. And and we we know that there are some uh, people in law enforcement that do a damn good job, and and you you know fight to uh, pr- protect and serve and. Uh, uphold the uh, uh, law but for the ones who who do make the the mistakes and the the crucial mistakes and, and and you know uh who you are we don't we don't want the same situation that happened in uh April of 1992 when uh four when four LA police officers was found not guilty in the Rodney King beating, which uh, beatings, which led to a to a big uh, riot in uh, uh, L.A. Uh, we don't want to have any uh, raids or violence like that because here here at the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show, uh, the host of Lardy Miss Clardy, Lardy Miss Clardy, and yours truly, Brother Blondie, wants to uh, keep peace within uh, the the community. And there's definitely should be uh, better communication with within uh, uh, African Americans and the police. Whether the police officers are black, white, Latino, Asian, it doesn't matter. It's, it's important to uh, uh, keep uh, the uh, the communication uh, going, and, and, and you know to keep uh, such uh, co- communication going. Uh, uh, Lardy, Miss Miss Clardy. Uh, as African Americans, we have to continue to follow the Wendy Clardy Families and Victims of Fraud playbook in terms of standing up, speaking up, and speaking out. Well, I couldn't have said it any better than you, Brother Blondie. Uh, definitely that's what it would take if you want to get the peace uh, or that you need to get something exposed. You cannot be afraid. And, you know, uh, we don't want to forget also that uh, a part of, victimization comes from not 
speaking up, okay? And, you know, and, and, and our judicial systems and, and our police and all those that work up there in that, in that area of legal system, you know, have really made fear uh, uh, an important factor, you know, to continue to keep uh, uh, doing a, a good job in doing what they do best, which is to terrorize and to get paid off of us, and we just sit back and, and just allow them to uh, use us as, 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 just, as just a product, you know, for them to make money off of. Uh, we want to also say that a big part is even though that you have them cutting corners there, well, I'm talking about the judicial system and we're talking about the police and what so, and we know that we have given them a job to do and they, they get paid off of our taxes to do these things, you know, and even though they're cutting corners, and as you were stating about the things that have happened to me where I was able to do actual paperwork, but it, that's the same thing that has to happen for other individuals uh, when they cannot or when they do not have the finances that it takes to, to get a lawyer, or, you know, sometimes you have problems with pro bono lawyers. They have a responsibility to come out to help without funding, but sometimes it does not happen. So individuals that are lacking financial uh, backing to help themselves must have education in the area of what they are uh, being challenged to so that they can help themselves and get with other pro se litigants that are also in the area of being able to help where they can put their heads together. I'm not saying they are, they're, they're not attorneys and they can't advise anybody, but definitely there's nothing wrong with anybody going to go do research. Research is the key. You must have the knowledge of what is going on in order to, you know, go into court and battle for your in your behalf when no one else can. So definitely I believe that education uh, is the key. And steps to that is to go to the law library, go to the libraries, you know, and go to individuals that you feel that have been through life experience, even if you have a friend as an attorney, ask questions because you cannot further yourself with success of being successful to have a peaceful life unless you are educated in order to stand up, speak up, and speak out. And I truly do believe that moral courage, moral courage is important because that's integrity. And when you know you haven't done something and you know that you were innocent, don't be afraid. You're standing up because you know that there has been an injustice done. I encourage you to do so. Now, we'll be back here in a few minutes here. We're going to go and take another break. We're going to um, come back with a little more um, news update. If there's anything that, you know, you have any comments or, or questions on any of this that we have talked about, please, you can call us at 347-884-8684. That is 347-884-8684. Or you can contact Brother Blondie or myself, Lardy Miss Clardy at WClardy at Families and Victims of Fraud or Brother Blondie at Hotmail.com. We will be right back. 
Uh, yes, we are back right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show, and we are still talking on the issues of uh, police brutality, some little bit here and there on the NAACP business, and a little bit of Barack Obama, which that's coming up in our next conversation and topic here. And, you know, we also don't want to be so shrewd when it comes to saying you know, when we're saying that, all oh, everybody is bad, everybody is, you know, out to victimize us and different things, because definitely we have good people that are out there that are police, that are that are um, prosecutors and officers from the judicial system. There are good people out there, and we want to say thank you to them for uh, helping us, because we have good and bad but we definitely want to let you know that there is a such thing as victimization and fraud. And, you know, and I'm going to turn this back over to Brother Blondie so he can play back the music that we have uh, heard and, you know, and tell us some more about uh, what's going on right here in Columbus, Ohio. Again, um, you are listening to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Brother Blondie? Well, uh, once again, you know, as far as the music, ladies, I took you back to 1985. You just heard Cameo with Single Life. <laughs> you know, want to live the uh, uh, single life. I Personally, I think it's better than the baby's mama, baby's uh, daddy life. But uh, um, that, that's why I'm glad I don't have any kids right now. But uh, getting back to... Uh, uh, victims of judicial fraud, Lolly Miss Clardy. Not everything's all fraud here, so uh, we want to give. Oh, okay. Oh, back. Uh, yeah, as far as the uh, uh, you, you you know the uh, uh, yeah, but getting back to the uh, uh, racial uh, pro, uh, profiling and you know. From the racial profiling uh, realities, uh, last Thursday, uh, President Barack Obama, Harvard Professor uh, Henry Louis Gates, and Cambridge Police Sergeant James Crowley got together for a beer and fellowship in the wake of the arrest of Gates by Crowley that sparked a national debate on police and the black community. That the president and the policemen and uh, uh, the professor got together in wake of this incident may make some feel better, but it will not represent a teachable, teachable moment if we don't learn some important facts about the disparity in the way blacks and, blacks and whites see their treatment by police. 
when two thousand when a two thousand eight New York uh, Times CBS poll asked whether individuals felt they had been stopped by a police officer just because of their race or eth- uh, ethnicity, sixty six percent of black men say yes. Only white only nine percent of white men uh, said the same. And studies around the country had found the validity of that perception. In New York City, one study found that 80% of those stopped by police were black or Hispanic, and that when stopped, 45% of black and Hispanics were frisked, compared with 29% of whites, even though whites were 70% more likely than blacks to have a weapon. And Columbus Police Chief Walter uh, uh, Dieselwig said that racial profiling is not his department's practice and that there is no evidence of that it goes on. But the continuing problem of the perception of unfairness uh, betrayed by evidence in other environments means that this response is insufficient to alley the fears and concerns of those in minority communities the Columbus Division of Police and the Community Relations Commission are engaging in efforts to improve police-community relations. This is important, and it is just as important to stress the responsibility of police officers to be respectful and fair to minority citizens and to punish sternly those who fail to then it is to explain police uh, protocols to the public it will uh, take more than a beer and a photo op to address this wide gulf between the police and the black community, between the perception of whites and blacks about the police. And the biggest problem, Lardy, Miss Clardy, that I have with the Sergeant Crawley, uh, pro- uh, pro- Professor Gates uh, uh, saying, thing, and this uh, bothers me, uh, I watch... Uh, the shows on uh, True TV and Spike TV about, uh, you you know, crazy police moments. And time after time after time, I've seen videotape evidence of a white motorist calling a police officer every single name in the book, and the police officer simply say, you have a nice day. I've seen white motorists throw that ticket at a police officer, where had a black motorist done it, he'd be charged with assault. And so my my question is, is since when does a motorist have more freedom of speech rights than a homeowner? You know, everybody wants to defend Sergeant uh, Crowley, blacks too. Well, guess what? This brother ain't defending Sergeant Crowley. I'm saying it out loud. I'm following the Wendy Cardi playbook of standing up, speaking up, and speaking out. And I'm saying Sergeant James Crowley is uh, wrong in uh, in this case. So what if uh, P- Professor Gates says something about his mama? He still should have went on about his merry way. He let white motorists talk about his mama all the time after issuing out tickets and stuff. If if he can do that, let, let the home uh, owner be, Wendy. I mean, you... You of all people been been a uh, uh, been a victimization of fraud in in terms of your own home. You've seen this be, be before. 
I've seen this uh, before. I, I I think it's sad that today in 2009 we we, we still have to face uh uh you you know racial pro- profiling and to a uh, uh, uh chief police chief uh, D- Dieselwig wig and uh, yes he was uh, I I saw him uh, this this morning too uh uh Lardy Miss Clardy and, and, and you know my 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 question is if 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 racial profiling don't don't exist. Why do why do black people still get uh, pulled over? Why is it that in in 1997, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy, Dennis Robbins' own mother had to sell her Lexus because in in four months she was pulled over by by the police eight times driving why why black. After before Dennis Robbins bought, bought her car, she never had a police ticket in 30 years of driving. And and to add to that, Brother Blondie is or 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 having and or and but on that on that comment that you've used. Um, the question would not be why is there still people or, or African Americans are still being pulled over if the situation is not what it's called. There is no racial profiling. Is then how? How is it existing? The word is how is it existing then if there's no such thing as racial profiling? And, you know, again, you know, in this case, in hearing Brother Blondie, you know, standing up and speaking up and speaking out about the way that he feels, you know, I, again, want to reiterate, you have to have moral courage. And, Having moral courage is important because it is a part of out of out of all of what you go through. You jump out in face of all what's against you, even if you got fear, and you come on out and say what you need to say to help yourself. And I wanted to show in here what is courage, since I'm talking about moral courage. You know what is courage? I'd say that courage is that firmness of spirit which meets danger without fear. Bravery is daring, often defiant, dauntlessness, lofty and unintimidated, gallantry, gallantry, dashing and adventurous courage. Boldness is the opposite of sometimes the outgrowth of conscious resistance against timidity. Timidity. Okay, sometimes I got words that come out my mouth, and sometimes it's tongue twisted. <laughs> but you all know what I mean, we you know, know because I'm just excited when I talk about it. You know, intrepidity. Okay, um, is a cool fearlessness, valor, personal bravery especially in battle, proudness, okay? Valor united with skill, fortitude is passive courage, especially as shown in enduring pain or adversity with a steadfast and unbroken spirit, heroism, which may call into exercise all those modifications of courage, is contempt of danger from a noble and self forgetful devotion to some great cause or purpose. And, you know, and I'm reading this out of 
a out of a excerpt that's coming from Moral Courage, uh, learning how to face moral dilemmas head on, know the stakes before you act, and live your values with integrity. And it was written by Rushworth M. Kidder, uh, author of How Good People Make Tough Choices. And, you know, and to put that out there about courage and about dauntlessness and about gallantry, um, a gallantry, boldness, intrepidity, and valor, and prowess, and fortitude, and heroism. These things are important when it comes to standing up, speaking up, and speaking out against everything that looks like it's against you. You have to do something to help yourself. And, you know, my job here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show is to give you the encouragement to do so, this is why we built this forum, you know, and still I give thanks to the Blog Talk Radio Show for allowing us this opportunity to be on their program to talk about such issues. I am really, really proud of being on this show. And, you know, we, we and as I speak of we, we're talking about Brother Blondie and myself, you know, we are here because we See a lot, and as you heard Brother Blondie speak and tell you about my own life, this is what gave me the courage to get up and get a talk show so that we can address what victimization and fraud issues that are out there because I had to stand up, speak up, and speak out some point alone and by myself and get the education in certain areas that I was challenged in in order to get some kind of justice. And I'm so very glad I did it, and I'm so very glad that I have decided to come up with a a show that will deal with victimization and fraud and show that we need to have courage to talk on these subjects because these are some some of these subjects, even the mainstream media won't even talk about because they have become to a point impersonable, even though that the, the media, the mainstream media was ultimately for the people. That's what, you know, uh, 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 reporting news and, and talking about the different community issues were all about. But at some point here, it has become formalized where you cannot be with any emotion at points and you cannot speak with conviction or as an as an, an opinion you know Walter Cronkite was good at doing that you know that but that was back in the day how things have changed since then and that's the way it is you know <laughs> you know but I am very very glad that you know we were given the opportunity to share this show on victimization and fraud, and, you know, hopefully that uh, the listeners that listen will will call in and or write us, and if you have topics you want to talk about, write us. You know, we don't have no problem. We want to, we want to air or to interview you to make sure that, you know, you get to be heard on relevant issues that's dealing with um, victimization and fraud. Now, there is another area I want to talk about, and I think I'm only going to spend about five minutes on that, and that is on Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton is something else. Now, our Al Sharpton 
has a a a radio uh, uh, show here in Columbus, Ohio, on 98.9 at what o'clock in the morning? I think it's it, it uh, comes on uh, every Sunday morning. Every Sunday at nine at nine a.m. Right, right here. Straight Talk Live. Right, and Straight Talk Live is at seven on 98.9, and then there is Al Sharpton and. Right here in Columbus, Ohio, there are there are things that are going on that Al Sharpton is helping, you know, those that call in, you know, to to express their opinions and get, you know, uh, information or what so. So there's an interesting piece here that's coming out of this column post that I'm going to read to you where he is talking about attacks on President Obama. And, you know, you, 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 you got to give him credit because he's shown enough stands up, speak up, and speak out. He's not afraid. I guess that takes time, you know, to be fearless like that when you know that you are dealing with hot topic issues on on racism and whatever that is out there, you know, discrimination, the whole bit. You definitely have to have a, 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 a bravery of, about yourself uh, where you're not going to be afraid to let nobody stop you from bringing forth, you know, things that need to be exposed, especially, you know, now that we have a black president that is in office. You know, some say he's half white, some say he's half black. But the issue is, is not everybody is viewing him as nothing but a black president. And there is some issues going on, and I want to read this to you. He's, he's, he's written this article called Attacks on President Obama. He's saying, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton is saying, it's been just over six months since the first African-American president assumed the reins as leader of the free world and thus became arguably the most powerful man on earth following slavery Centuries of institutional racism, unequal access to education, jobs, and pursuit of prosperity, America voluntarily voted for a black man to hold the highest office in the land. And after running on a platform of unity and staying above the fray of racial divisiveness, President Obama finds himself at the center of bigotry, race-baiting, and hatred and hatred. Um, And he says, and this time the right-wing fringe is attempting to portray him as the racist. A few weeks back, Fox News anchor Glenn Beck engaged in an all-too-familiar rant where he began attacking the President of the United States, literally pulling out a wobbling black doll holding an umbrella that he called Obama. Beck went on a triad over how the president's proposed health care reform would remake America and that people should be very, very afraid. With neurotic-type gestures, Beck espoused the Obama, I mean, Beck espoused that Obama was taking the beacon of freedom and turning it into an apologetic, hey, what can you do for me, wannabe European spread, the wealth socialist wonderland. 
goodness gracious, what long words to use against the president. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. So he says, hey, he says here, as if, as if such vitriol and fear-mongering wasn't incomprehensible enough. The fox loudmouth went one step further last week in a move that even astonished his bosses when he called Obama a flat-out racist. Now, you know, this is really interesting stuff here. Following the election in November, the nation was immersed in the progress of finally electing an African-American into a house that was literally constructed on the backs of slaves. Many, in an idealistic manner, hoped that, the society, hoped that society would now advance into a post-racial environment where skin color, ethnic, ethnicity, and creed and religion wouldn't play such intense roles and discrimination would subside. Um, uh, and forgive me for sitting up and, and killing the word ethnicity, okay? Unfortunately, what we must remember is that despite having a black president, inequities in education, housing, is, and work still exist and that the institutional structure of society hasn't shifted all that much. The CEOs of most corporations still white. The hiring managers are mostly white. The heads of police departments are predominantly white. And the executives in media, and that's TV, print, and radio, are more often not white. Yes, we have made some advances, but there is a tremendous way to go before anyone can even begin to speak of equality and a fair playing field. In January, President Obama inherited an exacerbating housing crisis. Two years, well, two wars and a worse economy in years, which I agree. And as people continue to lose jobs and face tough times, those on the right cease to exploit the fears of the downtrodden. Several of the GOP have, uh, have utilized health reform as a wedge to scare white folks, especially poor whites, that Obama is using health care as reparations. Mm when in fact those same poor whites would be among those who benefit the most from this reform. Just last week, two officers in Georgia were put on leave um, after being accused of running a criminal check on the president. This outrageous behavior followed last year's security breach of then-Senator Obama's passport. And since inauguration, we have witnessed dangerous words like socialist and Marxist touted around as if they didn't hold an ugly and troubling history. Never before in our nation's history has the President of the United States been undermined and attacked so blatantly in the media on Capitol Hill and in the court of public opinion. It happens in small manners when someone refers to him as Mr. Obama rather than President Obama, and in more blatant manners by Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh of the world. 
instead of supporting the president as he undertakes the daunting task of resurrecting the the country out of out of our plethora of challenges, some choose to divide, incite, fear, push their own agendas, and reinforce age-old stereotypes. Now, I ask you, who is the real racist? Now, that's something to think about. That is something to think about. And we have on the line a caller, and we're going to ask this caller, what do he think about this or she think about this? Just one second here. Caller, 8947 from the area code of 904. You're on the line. You have something to say about this? Stand up, speak up, and speak out. You're on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Hello. Hello. Yes. Um, I was I was really I was really just listening. Oh, you were just really listening. Well, do you have anything to say about this? I mean, I was reading this article that came uh, out of the column post where we have Reverend Al Sharpton that's talking up for the president. And um, and there's a tax that's on this president, and there have been some blatant words that have been used in racial slurs that have been used against this president, and he is now asking us who is the real racist. Did you hear any of that? Oh, I heard the whole thing. Am I, well, what do you um, think about that? Well, my my, my thoughts are my thoughts are. Um, People are going to believe what they want to believe and think what they want to think. There's no stopping them. That at the end of the day doesn't fix anything anyways. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's awesome that you that you take a stance like that, you know, because, you know, I don't understand why why people live on drama all the time. Why do people live to victimize and say things against people and lie on people, you know, just to just to make themselves look good? I think that, you know, what's happening, you know, with President Obama and others that are alike, especially when you're dealing with poor, that you know, because you when it comes to money and, and you're living in a low-income area, shoot, we can't even talk about race. Everybody is underneath that green. We need we need some green, you know, and, and and that should be talked about. You know what I'm saying? Other than you know talking about racial issues, you know, I think it's really a sad thing that uh, you know people have opinions like that. I, I really do. What do you think? But but uh, yo, I agree with you. Um, let me let me ask you if they feel if they I'm talking about I'm talking about these conservatives if they feel that he's taking this country in the wrong way do they st- is this, are they still at I mean do do are they still obligated to support him just because he's president are they still obligated to support yeah well I'm gonna let brother Blondie talk about that hold on just for a minute brother Blondie about that uh, yes uh. Uh, for, first of all, caller, I'm I am glad that you uh, called in to uh, uh, voice your your opinions on the uh, uh, thing. Let me uh, give you a brief detail of what uh, Lardy Miss Clardy has read containing the Glenn Beck. Uh, this is a race card game that Fox News likes to play. All last year, Sean Hannity 
you know, Glenn Beck's uh, co- colleague at uh, Fox News. Not only that he has called B- Barack Obama uh, racist, but he accused Barack Obama of hanging out with racists, uh, such as Jeremiah Wright. They uh, uh, called, uh, uh, called him out. And as and as far as you 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 know uh, B- Barack Obama's uh, health care plan, and uh, let me I- explain to you the bottom line of uh, B- Barack Obama's uh, health care plan compared to the health care uh, that has happened during the uh, uh, Bush thing. The the bottom line is, uh, you you know people, as far as the. Uh, the, the, the health care thing that you, you, you know, Fox News, uh, Hello? 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 Uh, can, can you repeat the question, uh, caller? Oh, I thought you guys hung up or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my my question was, my question was, if, if these conservatives feel that he's taking the country into a wrong direction, are they still obligated to support him? Well, uh, uh, oh, well, the, the, the answer is, uh, uh no be, be because for uh for for one uh uh they have no obligation uh, obligation to uh uh to support him and or 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 any any president but you but you have to uh keep in mind because they are not obligated uh they're going to continue to uh flip the script and and you know talk about obama in any type of Negative way when, when the uh, truth of the matter is in terms of the uh, health care, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy. Before George W. Bush got in office, Americans were not traveling across the border to Canada to get uh, medicine at a uh, at a at a cheaper price. And you know that's where uh, we're we're at now. Uh, but if you notice, Fox News don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about. The, the the mistakes that the Republicans made, but instead want to focus on all the little stuff that Barack Obama does. Yes, because we want to stay on 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 point with that. Because you know, in asking that question, you know, it's important to understand that um, you know when when they don't have to support no. But, you know, in the face of, you know, playing a race card game and everybody is jumping on board, whether it's for their own good and whether it's for at the expense of others or whatever, you know, it's important that that question should be answered. And you know what, caller, I'm going to ask you that question again. Repeat that question again because people need to hear it. All right. Do you, do you feel that if – okay – if conservatives feel that the that this current current president administration is taking um taking the country in the wrong direction, should they be obligated to um should they be obligated to support him? And again, everybody has an opinion, just like what you had said earlier. And Brother Blondie said no. I would say yes. Because if they all had jumped in on the election day 
and have uh, uh, and, and have um, voted him in, what make them think that you know they want to jump off the boat at the middle of the stream and not not want to support him anymore? Because after all, you know this whole this whole economy and all the budgets that were that were, were trillions of dollars in, shoot, he's going to need as much support as possible in order to help level some of this madness that have been brought into his hands. What do you think? I think um I think that um we do, we do we I I think I think that we should we sh- we should get behind them only, only 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 when you see only when we start seeing signs that the stuff that he's proposing isn't working is when people people should abandon ship and really question his his um his his his, his authority and the bills and the bills that he will the, the bills that he passes to Congress for them to vote on. I think that's when we, we we should start. Well, we should start questioning him, questioning him on all if you feel that anything isn't right. But other than yes. that, listen, let him just let him let him do what he gotta do. If it, if it, if it don't work, then you know that. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. I agree, and I really do thank you for even though you were listening in, but I happen to see you know you pop up on the on on the on the board. And I didn't know if you was listening or just wanted to have something to say, but truly I am glad that you have had something to say about this because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think that people should get in on conversations like this. And I'm just glad that, you know, you were willing to want to speak, although that you were listening. I really really do appreciate that. Oh, no problem, no problem. Where are you from? I'm from Georgia. You're from Georgia. Okay, yeah. so I could call you Mr. Georgia, huh? Oh, no problem. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> but you know, you know, you know, you know. Um, during the election time, I didn't support him at all, though. To be very honest, I didn't support. You didn't? I didn't support no, ma'am, none of them. Wow, the one, the I wonder the why. Only, the only one I liked was um, the only one I liked was the one from Texas. That was Ron Paul. Okay. And, well, that's okay too, you know. But I wonder why did they choose Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, over Ron Paul? Why do you think they did that? Um, because the media basically, the media, the, me, the media basically put a giant blur on Ron Paul. Because Ron Paul, uh, I mean, to, to my personal opinion, he provided some excellent ways of um, fixing this, this economy. And um, he also he also provided excellent explanations as as towards how as towards how how why he think his political philosophy on why he think that um nine eleven happened i mean he, he was he was really an excellent person to listen to and he was and he was i agree with that very much so oh. you oh, know you, and, oh, you know and, you know of him well yeah i have well during the election point in time as ron paul and all the rest of them were candidacies for president seat, you know, I was listening to all of them, and, you know, and even though that Barack Obama did get uh, did get the presidency seat, you know, there were very good uh, opinions 
run through all of the candidacies that were there. And, you know, and definitely, you know, if I was running for president, I would take each and every one of their, uh, their, their, their philosophies that they had about what they thought would work. I would incorporate it into mine, and we would, I, would, I would use them all and have them talk to them on the phone, get their opinions of different things if it be me. So I really <laughs> if it was me, okay, you know, but yeah. otherwise, you know, I'm very glad that you gave a call in, Georgia. I am so glad you gave a call in. Oh, no problem, Georgia. And, 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 if you, and if you want to take and just listen as we, we only have 16 minutes left, and if you want to stay on and just listen, you know, you could do that too. We really are glad to hear from you, and I hope that you will come back on to the show for next week because we have our show every Saturday at 6 p.m. We talk about different different things all the time, and perhaps, you know, you can talk to some people and, and let them know about uh, the Lardy Miss Cardi blog talk show that you are listening to, and perhaps they can get in and let's have a bonfire, you know. So mm-hmm. I am truly glad, I truly am happy that you did uh you know, want to listen in and want to give your opinion. So I'm going uh, to you know, can I ask one more question? Yeah, one oh, more you gotta question. go, you gotta go. No, well yeah, for this little bit, but you know, we will be back and we'll let you have your question at that point. How about that? All right. All right, no problem. Okay. Okay, now we're getting ready to go to a little break here and then my co host will have a few things to say and then we'll take it and put it right back over there. So don't forget your question, okay? All right, no problem. All right, be right back. You are listening to the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show. We will return after this. I can't. 
All right, all right. We are back at on the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show, and I am pleased to to be on this show and to talk about several of issues that deal with victimization and fraud. No matter what it is, as long as it's got something to do with somebody being lied on and lied to, and that it is no good, and that we can definitely deal with the victimization of it. I, I really do appreciate, you know, um, all of the listeners that have come on to the show and have expressed their own opinions and ideals, and I'm very happy about that. And I do want to um, add, uh, as I was talking about the moral courage and and this was uh, something that came up out of the let me see here out of a out of an excerpt that I was reading from Rush Worth in Kidder and um, and what the name of this is is moral courage it says face moral dilemmas head on know the stakes before you act and live your life or values with integrity and so there is a last little bit that needs to be dealt with here when we talk about courage, that um, they talk about if moral courage reaches its highest purpose in defending human life and values, it must start with assumption that human values are of paramount importance and that no life is expendable to rather modern assumptions. And they sit here and they say also, uh, that it would appear then that a taxonomy of moral courage is beginning of co- now I can never get this one right c o a l e s c e under three headings okay so I didn't want to beat it up and tax it out you know so I'm just going to just spell it okay uh, and they have one about motives they say there appear to be some deep rooted impulsions for moral courage firmness of moral principle, duty, being at ease with one's own conscience, private convictions, a desire to reject evil conformity, denounce injustice or defy immoral orders. Then there's another one. It talks about inhibitations, inhibitions. Oh, you know, this is messed up. I just jack up a daggone word, but I'm going to spell it too. In I-N-H-I-B, oh, it's inhibitions. Listen, I, I knew that. And it says here, those motives, however, face two sorts of restraints, counterfeits such as willfulness and self-opinionated conceit and obstacles 
such as a refusal to take blame, moral cowardice, indecisiveness, secretiveness, sensitivity to criticism, and a desire for acceptance. And then another part is talks about risk. Most important, moral courage encounters an entire constellation of hazards, variously described as suffering, inconvenience, mental uh, mental uh, appropriate and unpopularity, shocking conventional opinion, letting down the side, disapproval of friends, the pains and dangers of social disapproval, and shame, humili- humiliation, derision, ostracism, loss of status, and demotion, and you know, of course, loss of job. So that's anybody that is trying to stand up, speak up, and speak out, and you're using moral courage, which deals with your integrity, especially when you know that you have not done anything wrong and don't deserve it. It is a shame that we must endure all of that, you know. And then, you know, it's just a bad thing that we got to deal with, you know, people that's that's booing us because we want to stand up and speak up about, you know, issues that that will hurt people and it needs to be brought to awareness and and exposed. And I'm I'm proud that, you know, I'm not getting as much, you know, uh, 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 media coverage or whatever because I'm dealing with these areas. But nevertheless, I'm here to help the people because I know what it's like to be victimized and defrauded. and we, I want to take this back and, and first, before I talk to the caller on what question he had, I want to go to you, Brother Blondie, for you to tell us who was that singing on the radio or on the CD or the LP. <laughs> you know, let us know who that is. I'm still learning about music, you guys, so, you know, uh, bear with me, all right? Brother Blondie, tell us who that is. Taking you back to taking you back to 1992. Those are the sounds of Tupac Shakur from his debut CD, Tupacalypse Now, with Brenda's Got a Baby. And uh, and, and, and you know, I want to end this off, Lottie Miss Cardi, on one uh, positive note that I got from the African American Wellness uh, uh, Walk, which I uh, did today. I uh, walked the whole uh, five miles, and I'm here to tell you that. In seven months now, I have lost 63 pounds. Isn't that awesome? And 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 the message that I, the positive message that I want to give, is from a, a sorority, the Psi Eta Omega uh, chapter of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, introduced the 2009-2010 Butinian uh, program. The Butinian uh, program is for young African-American males who are juniors and seniors in high school. The goals of the program are to recognize the achievements of young African-American males as a community, to inspire and stimulate further growth, academic excellence, community service learning, and leadership development, to enhance the sense of civic responsibility, and to promote higher education through scholarship opportunities. And for those who are in Columbus, Ohio, for more information, you can contact Africa also at area code 614-751-9996. Again, you can contact Africa also at 
614-751-9996. And back to you, Sister Blondie. <laughs> uh, he's not for real now. I know that we both sit with blonde hair. Definitely they call us brother and sister. And most of the things that we deal with, boy, it's always seemed like that. We we definitely are brothers and sisters. Okay, so I want to thank you, Brother Blondie, for for that for that information. And to you, caller on eight nine four seven from Georgia, give us the give us the information, the question that you wanted to ask. Oh, I wanted to ask. Um, I don't know if you guys see it on the, the news, but what do you guys think about? What do you guys think about um, these posters of painting Obama as the Joker? And how come you don't ever? How come you don't have your chat room open? And how come I don't have the chat room open? Oh, you want me to? Ha- you want me to start operating the chat room, huh? No, I was just wondering how come? How come? How come a lot of people here will never really be having their chat rooms open? I don't know. I I guess I'm still I'm still a rookie at this, so you know, one thing at a time for me. I can't talk and then plus, you know, operate the chat room too. So, you know, I probably will have to uh have some help with that, definitely. Oh, okay. So so what have you seen the um have you seen the the um the growing phenomena of painting Obama's face like the Joker from the um recent movie, um, Dark Knight? Um oh uh, what, 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 let what, him finish up, brother, brother Blondie. Let him finish the question. Go right on ahead. Let's let's hear your question one more time. <laughs> no, I was saying that um, on the news, how the paint that the paint they took the they took Obama's picture from Time magazine and they painted as the as the um as the Joker from Batman. It says um it says instead of it saying hope, it says joke or so or social socialism. Now I was trying to say, what do you think about that? Uh, well, you know, I've 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 seen that uh, picture, and I uh, think think it's sad that they uh, that they want to ridicule uh, President Obama. You you know, by everything he uh, uh, says or does, and this ain't the first time I've seen a controversial uh, picture of uh, Barack Obama. I have also uh, seen a picture of uh Barack Obama in uh, uh animated form uh you you know uh, making pancakes and they calling him Uncle Jemima and and uh, uh Can you believe that? Uh these look uh every the, the media is all going to poke fun in some uh strange and negative uh, type of way uh, with uh, with Obama, but but the bottom line is, uh, caller from uh, Georgia, uh, you in which by the way I did eat a uh, peach today, uh, day. But you you know we have to continue to stand up, speak up, and speak out, and show that we we stand by uh, uh, President Barack Obama and uh, what he does and. And, and and before I leave, I wanted to uh, make one more quick thing, Lordy Miss Clardy, and I and, and I go, uh, go go back to you. I'm proud to say that we did make our debut on uh, sep- uh, uh, November 4th, the day Barack Obama got elected. All right, now um, we we have one minute left as to the show, and to you, 
uh, caller. Um, if you want to contact us, um, you can contact us at uh, brotherblondie at hotmail.com, or you can contact me, the ho- co-host, I mean the host, which is at wclarty at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com. And, you know, and leave other comments or if you have a topic you want to talk about, okay? You know, and we do appreciate you coming on to the show and, and helping us with the last bits of our, our the topics for this evening. And we want to thank you again for showing up and talking with us. Um, as we speak here, we can't go into the, the, last, the last juicy stuff, which should have been infidelity, so... Next week, some point, I will bring it back up, okay? So for those that want to talk on infidelity, show enough, be ready for the show. I think that I will probably do that next week in the second hour. So I really do like to say to everybody, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Stand up, speak up, and speak out because your voice is important. And for us to get on out of here, we're going to be listening to Tony Braxton, You're Making Me High. It's from a 1996 debut that she came out with. Enjoy. Have a good evening. Good evening. I love you. 